0: Hi Joe here with the literature Leap podcast and today is going to be a special day special episode and I'm here uh, with Tony The realist uh, and we're doing a collaborative podcast today. Uh, Tony introduce yourself and talk about to uh, mention your podcast and stuff real quick so that way we can because uh, you know, this will also
1: be on your podcast sure so yeah my name is uh, tony daryllis uh and my podcast is the tony daryllis show i pretty much talk about my experiences in the foster care system here in new york city and how that's been shaping me uh as a youth advocate and a um a mental health counselor uh, i pretty much give tips and advice for current foster youth in care uh, foster care agencies and also uh, foster parents so yeah glad to be on so
0: today's uh, episode, we're talking about, in particular, the coronavirus and COVID-19. Uh, there's been a lot of misinformation that's been going around and a lot of chaos and hysteria. Um, so one of the things we want to do is we want to debunk it and talk about um, mental health, the impact it's having, it's going to have, the financial impact it's going to have on people, but also, more importantly, the social impact and everything and it just impacts in general is going to have on people with disabilities and um, our communities, as well as debunking myths. So some of the things I'm going to start off by debunking about COVID-19 is that um, there's a lot of people going around saying that it is like the flu. That is somewhat true, but it's also not true. Um, unlike the flu, you can build up immunity. COVID-19, there it, nobody has ever been exposed to it before, so there is no immunity to it. Um, when it comes to different degrees when it comes to exposure to it there is no way to not be exposed to it because there is different levels of exposure and there, as a result everyone is exposed to it, it and it's been in our country for a couple of weeks now so it's had its way to get around if you think about money money move uh, people pay with money You know, when somebody touches money, that money gets passed around. That's a great example. You know, that money touches other money. Um, The CDC has encouraged people to watch The Walking Dead. I think that's actually... The Walking Dead is a good show to watch and learn about that, but I think a better example would be watching uh, a show called The Strain. And um, that show actually has a lot of scientific backing behind it on... And even uh, the main one of the main characters is with the CDC is a member of, is is for the CDC. Uh, you know that was in the show. You know that was uh, the the character that he played was somebody working for the CDC, and it's about a virus. Um, and one of the you know with social I when it comes to COVID nineteen, social distancing is important. But when it comes to people with disabilities. Um, there's going to be an impact on that, when um, because people that means people are going to have to not have as much contact, not be around as much people. It means people work is going to have to be limited. When it comes to work, people who work with people with disabilities, that means those people are not going to have as much, aren't going to be able to help the people with dis- people with disabilities as much, um, with what they with teaching with life skills stuff like that. Um, and that that's going to have an impact also uh direct support workers generally don't get the same rate of pay and they also don't get the same st- they don't get state benefits like uh, uh, uh t- Regular um, state, you know, state-mandated workers do. As a result, that's going to have a financial impact on people um, in in that field. When it comes to the people with disabilities, it's going to have a direct impact because they're not going to get the same type of help that they need. People who have mental health or have um, issue uh, disabilities like autism. That's going social distancing. Can turn very easily turn into isolation, isolation because of um, the way. That, because of that, people who have anxiety, it the hysteria is amplifying the everything. Uh, so that's really really important to note, and you know we want to prevent that. And so it's about social distancing. Does not mean isolation. It means social distancing. It means limiting. It doesn't mean not having contact at all um at the the end of the day what it seems is a lot of agencies are putting their hr departments are putting out information about social distancing and it's it's all it's all to protect the agency it's not to protect the families it's not to help the the workers a lot of the agencies are saying that people have to use their paid time off well that's only helpful if people have the workers have paid time off. Um, there are also going to be workers out there who are going to put themselves on the front line and help others before helping themselves. Um, and that's also important to note. Um, those workers, if they hit overtime, guaranteed, some of them are going to get in trouble for hitting overtime because a lot of those workers, uh, a lot of the agencies don't like paying overtime. Um, small businesses are going to have a immediate impact. Um, some things that you can do, though, are you know if you're if you have to you know obviously staying home. You know if you're sick, definitely stay home. Um, one of the things that you could do, though, is if you have uh, to go if you have to go out go out for short you know short periods of time. If you have to, you know. If you have older family members, spend time with them. That's really, really important. You people who have a lot of time off now, people are gonna have a lot of time off. It you can for those people who can work remotely, mental health counselors encourage topics like encourage doing things like telemedicine. That's super, super important, super, super useful. Internet is a utility; it's not a luxury at this point. Almost everyone has smartphones. Um, Utilize that. You know, there are plenty of free Wi-Fi access points. Again, utilize that. Um, there's lots of ways to get information out there. Um, when it, at, at the end of the day, also you could uh, you know there are various things that you could do to to you know keep yourself entertained and what and you know during during times where you have to stay inside, um, you could watch as I mentioned, watch TV, watch something you know, something like The Strain, you could read, you can write, you know, write a journal, you know, that's super, super important, especially if you're, if you're directly impacted, write a journal about how this is impacting you, write a blog, you know, do podcasting like I'm doing right now with Tony, um, these are all, you know, if you have a pet, play with a pet, these are all various different ways that you can, you know, uh, do, you know things that will help, in you know in the end, at in the end, of, at the end of it, and especially journaling because that will count as a you know medical. It could potentially even count as a medical journal, you know, or a mental health journal. Um, I, I I myself do mental health journaling, and I track my mood and stuff like that. I find, I've found that to be incredibly helpful for myself as a whole, and um, I'll, I'm actually gonna pass this over to Tony now and have Tony talk a bit on his thoughts and everything
1: yeah sure so uh yeah i pretty much cosign a lot of what he's saying uh i also want to kind of break down exactly what is social distancing what is quarantine and what is isolation so uh a lot of this is uh as a mental health counselor i do think it's important that safety is the absolute biggest priority uh in terms of social distancing it's uh Social distancing is a way to keep people from interacting closely or frequently enough to spread an infectious disease. Schools and other gather uh, in other gathering places, such as movie theaters, may close, and sports events and religious services may be canceled. The quarantine uh, also separates and restricts the movement of people who have been exposed to a contagious disease to see if they become sick, and it lasts long enough to ensure the person has not contracted an an infectious disease. Uh, The isolation part comes in where it prevents the spread of an infectious disease by separating people who are sick from those who are not, and it lasts as long as the disease is contagious. So I do pretty much co-sign everything that uh, Joe has been speaking about, and I do think that uh, I can only speak on you know here in the city where it's like very rampant honestly uh it's really changed the scope of how people interact uh as of recently uh i'm not sure if you guys have seen some of the stores but a lot of them are closed out there's no more uh you know toilet tissue and hand sanitizer is not even being uh reproduced and a lot of the stores are just uh putting a stop to a lot of people, uh, coming in and just buying up a lot of things. And I think it's just created a lot of tension. Uh, I do think that it is serious, but I think also that the media has overblown uh, coronavirus to some extent. I do think that a lot of times people, I've seen people who have on complete masks and they stay at home and they just uh, they just completely isolate. And I do get that, uh, you know, it, it is um, young children and senior citizens are more susceptible to the coronavirus than other people. But I think it's really just keeping safe. Just keep continue continuing to wash your hands, continuing to use hand sanitizer, minimizing contact with large groups of people, um, and you should be okay. So I i mean it's it's frustrating uh you know the impact that i feel like the government could have done a lot better in terms of being able to provide assistance with this but uh we can only do what we can we can only con- uh control stuff that's within our grasp and i think it doesn't help to overreact to certain certain situations so yeah that's my piece
0: Also, I'll say uh, when it comes to you know th- thinking about all this, thinking about all these different things, it's gonna it can give a lot of people anxiety. So I really, really encourage you to uh, you the lis- you the listener to look up topics uh, on grounding techniques and. Various um, techniques to calm anxiety. Um, one thing, one grounding technique that I find to be incredibly, incredibly helpful is um, a grounding technique that utilizes the five senses, which is five things you can see, four things you can, um, is it smell, uh, three things you can um, feel, two things you can taste, and one thing you can. Uh, I, I lost my train of thought there, but yeah, you, you know, utilizing your five senses and grounding yourself. Um, yeah, I, I was trying to count uh, when I was when I was talking about that. I was actually trying to count which senses and that I said as I was saying them. But um, yeah, if you go and you look it up, or actually Tony might be able to better answer.
1: Well, uh actually lost my train of thought on that, too. I did have something with that. But what I wanted to do was kind of uh, piggyback more on some of the practical ways you can cope and relax. Uh, so, like, relax your body... Often by doing things that work for you, like taking deep breaths, stretching, meditating, or praying. Or engaging in activities that you enjoy. Uh, Pacing yourself between stressful activities and doing something fun after a hard task. Maybe talking about your experiences and feelings to help to loved ones and friends if you find it helpful. And maintaining a sense of hope and positive thinking. Considering keeping a journal where you write down things, just like Joe was saying before. And being grateful for what's going well. Ah, so grounding: five things you can see,
0: four things you can feel, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. I was close. Okay. Um, and I also am going to encourage um, breathing exercises um, and meditation. That's incredibly helpful. Um, on that note, I'm going to uh, take a. We're going to take a quick intermission, um, and. Uh, so you and uh, during that intermission, you'll learn about uh, the Anchor app, which you can use to do podcasting um, during your free time. And we're back, and so now
2: uh, with Tony and I, I have Michael, and Michael will introduce himself. Hi, I'm Mike Steeler. I'm a graphic designer and 3D artist. Um, I'm the creator of fanaron Resider. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's an awesome website. Um, so I'm here being asked about my experience with COVID 19, which is short for Coronavirus Disease 2019, because that's when it started last year. Um, and now it's here in the United States. And uh, I'm kind of sick of hearing about it. And I've only been hearing about it for about a week. And I'm already sick of it. Um, I, I see a lot of people especially above the age of about forty who constantly watch the news and become paranoid and that paranoia is extremely contagious um, which is why you just heard um, you just heard joe speaking about grounding techniques because we're gonna need those um, to handle that um, personally i'm immunocompromised right now um, and if you look on the internet you'll see people telling you that immunocompromised people should be extra careful so um Basically, because of my cancer diagnosis, I have a lower blood count, so I'm technically more likely to get infections. So because of that, hold on, let's let this plane fa- um, pass by because it's extremely rude. Okay, so because of that diagnosis, I can't really, you know, joke around about it or be as casual as some other people. But um because of that... General paranoia I would already be experiencing that's being compounded by the paranoia. That's being given to even healthy people for the virus So I'm experiencing double that um, But the thing is um I still have a working immune system, which is why I'm you know out in public right now I'm just not in like a crowded space. <laughs> so um Damn where was I? Okay, so um <laughs> Basically, I'm gonna have to um Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to be careful. I mean, that's obvious, but, um, the guidelines I've been given to staying, you know, safe are not that much different from what healthy people have been told. Um, you know, isolating myself in a plastic bubble would be a terrible idea. And just remember that the less fresh air you get, the more likely you are to get infected. Like keeping yourself in a capsule for like hours and hours and hours is actually more likely likely to get you sick, not even from maybe another plane passing. Not even from, um, this, uh, coronavirus, but also the, um, general illnesses you would get every day. Um, that's why people say you should keep your windows open during the winter. I've been making sure to keep my windows open. I think when people imagine this disease spreading, they think it's a huge cloud that's just, like, floating around and trying to kill everybody. (laughs) If you walk outside, you'll get attacked by this cloud of disease, which isn't the case. If you go outside, there's a lot of fresh air. And, uh, really, um, I don't think some people realize that, and that's why they're afraid to go outside. But, um, honestly, a lot of the tips I've been given, even when visiting hospitals and seeing, like, the, um, signs there explaining how to take care of yourself, all of the guidelines are the same for, you know, everyone. I mean, basically, it's what you should be doing regardless, like, washing your hands, using sanitizer, making sure you, don't, you aren't in close contact with sick people. Those are things you should be doing anyway, so if this is new to you, I'm really concerned. I don't really have anything else to say, so I'm gonna pass the, uh, microphone to, uh, Joe here. Yeah, that's something I definitely was gonna say.
0: Was it, you know, these are all things that you know people should have been doing anyway. Washing your hands, um, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Hand sanitizer, people are going going nuts over, but hand sanitizer actually weakens your will actually weaken your immune system. It really should only be used in small amounts, um, and in cases that you really really need it, because. Um, when you use hand sanitizer it actually destroys the uh, you have both good bacteria you also have good bacteria on your hands that protects you and when you use it it actually destroys that um, so it actually also get and and prolonged use actually decreases your uh, your immune system um, now going back to uh... michael i have another question uh, what kind of a um, mental health impact has this has the social distancing had on you um, throughout all this uh, so far, and even just, you know, um, you know, your treatment in general, because you've been had to deal with social distancing as a whole already, because of, um, you know, your, your past experiences, so, you know, that has a, that'll definitely have an, uh, you know, a impact, um, so I think that's
2: important to talk about, because that's a perspective that people aren't going to hear. So, I was already, like, having issues with social distancing, like, I never really liked that, but, um... Seeing other people distance themselves too actually makes me feel less alone. Um, obviously you'd feel more alone if you're the only one staying inside, but if you see a bunch of other people doing it, for me personally I feel less lonely. But um yeah, I've had to stay in like a hospital for a long period of time, but that was a different type of loneliness because I was being visited by nurses every day and doctors, so you know, a physical loneliness that wasn't really a thing. Um, it was a separation from some friends, but um, a lot of the people I'm friends with have lives, they're adults, they work, they're, you know, tired people, they don't really do much besides what they do with their work, that's it. Um, and that's not a bad thing, but, you know, that social distancing is already a problem. Um, I think that some people are more sensitive to it, I can be, and um, I think there are other people who would be more negatively impacted by this, and I think that the longer this goes, and the more people kind of avoid. it interaction, though the worse it will get for anyone who has a vulnerability to, I don't know, um, what's the word, um, when you're attached to somebody, um, basically, uh, any form of, like, unhealthy attachment, um, codependency, um, that's the word, yeah, um, it can be extremely problematic, especially if you're sick, um, like in my situation, I'm a little worried that You know, when I'm getting hospital care in the future, I have to get a transplant, bone marrow transplant. I'm worried that I'm not going to really have a lot of support from family and friends because people are going to be afraid of getting sick. So why would they want to come all the way to the city and enter a hospital, which is one of the places you can get sick from, not even just from coronavirus, but also other diseases. So, I mean, and it's also kind of far from home, so, you know, there is separation, but also I I might have to cancel some plans, um... I was gonna go to a show this next week. Ended up coming, and I don't really know if I can anymore. Not just because of my health situation, but because of, you know, the general public health concerns. Um, so having to miss out on stuff that I was kind of looking forward to, uh, that's a little disappointing. Definitely can impact your anxiety levels, uh, and if you're prone to depression. Being alone can definitely impact it, which some people don't even realize. And then when they notice that they're alone and that it's causing a problem, it just kind of traps them sometimes because they think they can't get out of it. But um honestly, I'm not here to give advice, but maybe we should give it to someone else. Yeah, I'll give it to Tony.
1: Yeah, so I had a question for you. I wanted to know, uh, you know, just with like the increase in anxiety and just feeling uh you know the sense of isolation i'm wondering what are some ways that you're able to self-care and like just make sure you're doing the best thing you can do in terms of enjoying yourself or just like making the best of your situation
2: right so um i've been doing things i enjoy a lot more than i was because originally i was kind of like sacrificing some of my time to make money on the side so that i would survive and of course the train and the plane we're both passing at the same time, so now we have to wait for their, uh, noise to pass. Okay, so, I, I was already kind of, like, sacrificing some of my enjoyment, but, um, after being diagnosed with an illness that can technically kill you, uh, not that it is going to, but it could, and I almost did die, uh, after that, I decided, I think for the next year or so, I'm gonna at least spend my time doing everything I enjoy, like working on my craft, my hobbies, my art, all the stuff that actually makes me enjoy stuff. So, um, this isn't a phone. What is this? <laughs> a recording device. Oh, um, yeah, so, anyway, um,. Just having like a purpose in life really helps, but um, I think that also increases your fear of getting illnesses, and that's why people are afraid of it. They have things they want to do, they have things they want to enjoy in life, and they don't want those opportunities sabotaged. So I can see why it's like hard for people to just you know have fun. Um, even for me, like why do I want to commit to certain goals if I'm just gonna die? Well, that's kind of irrational. Um, do you want to speak, Joe? Yeah. So I'm gonna put my. Uh
0: to sense in um in regards to social distancing as somebody who um copes with both having depression and anxiety as well as um has autism um for me social distancing um really has an has a it has an impact on me because um being around people it can both cause anxiety increase my anxiety depending upon but also it can help relieve anxiety um and as a result, it, you know, but the worst feeling is feeling alone. And when people social distance, um, that can, in my case, it can very easily turn into isolation. And isolation then, you know, can get very, very dark. And, you know, that's when, you know, the depression hits. Um, and depression can very easily ter- turn into something completely even, even worse. Um,. Yeah, uh, I'm going to pass it over to Tony, uh, because I'm sure he has some thoughts on this topic as well. Not really. No? Okay. Uh, But um, just... You know in general um, I think that you know it's gonna this is gonna uh, impact pe- a lot of people differently um, depending upon and you know mental health is definitely gonna be a pri- is definitely a priority and um, it, not that it wasn't a priority before but I think now it's gonna be even an even bigger priority and um, really um, putting an emphasis on that um, I guess uh, that'll be it for this segment of the
1: show. Um, uh, wait, what's? Yeah, I was just going to... Uh, oh, Tony I something say. I was just going to give some resources uh, for anyone who's feeling overwhelmed. Uh, as a mental health counselor, I, a lot of times I deal with people who... Are just experiencing some kind of crisis. Or they just feel overwhelmed in their situation. So, I do want to, uh, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed with emotions such as sadness, depression, anxiety. Or feel like you want to harm yourself or someone else. I would advise calling 911 or the National Suicide uh, Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Or 1-800-273-8255. Um, and I also want to... Uh, kind of talk about what to expect and like the typical reactions because everyone reacts differently to these stressful situations you know in this case infectious diseases uh outbreak that requires social distancing quarantine or isolation like uh joe and mike have been talking about and i do think that uh you know anxiety, worry, fear, Um, it could be related to your own health status, the health status of others whom you may have exposed to the disease, the resentment that your friends and family may feel if they need to go into quarantine as a result of contact with you, the experience of monitoring yourself, or being monitored by others for signs and symptoms of disease, uh, among other things. But some of the resources that I kind of want to give to you guys is the hotline, uh, SAM. HSA Disaster dis- Distress ho- uh, Helpline uh, 1-800-985-5990 it's available in English and Spanish uh, they also have SMS and uh, the website is also disaster Um and then they also have the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, like I mentioned before, and also the Treatment Locator, which is Behavioral Treatment Behavioral Health Treatment uh, Service Locator. So findtreatment.samhsa.gov forward slash location forward slash home. So I just want to give these uh, these different resources. Maybe these are things that you guys can utilize. And I do think that I, I do want to, uh, you know, just stress again that uh, safety is definitely a priority and that, you know, just spend time with your loved ones and really find time to self-care whenever you get the chance. So appreciate it, guys.
0: Definitely you know, use this as an opportunity to turn you know something that the, the media is turning into a negative into something positive. You know, channel those emotions and really it's so important to spend time with your family. because um, you know, we don't get enough time to spend time with our family you know, in society and that's super super important. Um, Till next time.